people don't get confused. This is Schwarzenegg, a.k.a. Dick Zimmerman, the creator of Michael Jackson's Thriller album cover, about to be interviewed. I hope you uh, enjoy my recollections of uh, the King of Pop on the MJ cast. The following is a presentation from the MJ cast, the internet's premier podcast on all things Michael Jackson. You're listening to the MJ cast by MJ fans or MJ fans. The idea is to uh, innovate or else why, why am I doing it? When I create my music, I feel like an instrument of nature. You let it create itself, really. I know I do. And I love to entertain. That's, that's one of my favorite things. Welcome to the MJ Cast, your source of news and discussion on the King of Pop. Welcome everyone to a special episode of the MJ Cast. Today we are speaking with photographer and artist Dick Zimmerman, also known as Schwazenik, also as the image maker, is one of, if not the most accomplished portrait artists of modern times. He is constantly sought out by celebrated entertainers, dignitaries and politicians for his creative and artistic genius. Michael Jackson fans will probably know Dick for his photography during the Thriller era, having one of his iconic shots make it onto the front of Michael's Thriller album. In fact, it's been said that Dick's portrait of Michael Jackson is the most distributed portrait in history. Dick has released a DVD set, including an art booklet, available now. It's called Memories of Michael, the Thriller Cover Session Interview. But what others may not know is that he's also been painting for over 45 years. Zimmerman, a New York native, acquired his Bachelor of Arts degree at New York University. He also studied at the Parsons School of Design, the School of Visual Arts, and under the Sawyer Brothers at the Brooklyn Museum. He then worked extensively in London, Milan, and continued advanced studies at the famed Musée d'Orsay in Paris. Zimmerman has captured the portraits of Jane Fonda, Tom Cruise, John Travolta, Mick Jagger, Robin Williams, and of course, LaToya, Janet, and Michael Jackson. I can't wait to dig into some of those Michael stories. Dick, it's your first appearance on the MJ cast. Welcome. Where are you Skyping in from? I'm in Clearwater, Florida, the home of lightning and thunder and lots of rain. And it's beautiful here, by the way. Right now, I'll give you a picture. I'm actually sitting outside. Well, I was in a party, which I had to go outside the door, and I'm sitting on their terrace. It's a beautiful night. It's not windy. It's a little bit rainy, overcast. The weather is uh, about 70 degrees. It's perfect. And I'm sitting here with a cigar in hand and uh, not not a drink in the other, just because of you guys. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we, we appreciate your time very much. And just so people have a picture, Schwarzenegger, Mr. Dick Zimmerman, looks like a rock star. Absolutely. So he... <laughs> You've got a, an amazing image that people who might not have seen pictures of you might not expect. So we'll, we'll make sure to include a great picture of you in the show art today. 
Okay, well, I have no idea which one you're looking at, but <laughs> the rock star thing I've been accused of many times, yes. I love the, the bandanas in the hair. It's awesome. Mm, that's a, kind of a trademark, but uh, it's uh, just been that way for a long time. I was chatting with somebody you'd worked with in the past um, this morning, uh, makeup artist Karen Fay, uh, and she made sure that we, uh, we said hello to you for her, and uh, she wishes you really well. I'm surprised that uh, Karen uh, agreed to uh, an interview. She doesn't like doing them. Oh, it wasn't an interview. She has not agreed to any interviews. <laughs> we were just chatting on Twitter. Just on Twitter. All right, well, that does, does make sense because I, yeah. I, you know, Karen, I don't know if any, nobody really knows, but when I was uh, doing the Thriller album that particular day, you know, Karen worked with me for many years previous to that. She was a great makeup artist, terrific girl, really liked her. I brought her in to do Michael's makeup on the Thriller cover, and uh, Michael stole her away from me. I never was able to use her again. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I hope you found another great artist to work with yeah, yeah. for your shoots. Yeah, we, we, we did. There was a lot of makeup artists, but uh, Karen was a good buddy of mine, and she was really great. You know, obviously, you know that if Michael pulled her away, she must have really been good. He was uh, very particular. For sure, for sure. We can't wait to chat to you about that. So um, before we get into those thriller years, take us back um, a little bit to your early life. Where did you grow up, and what sort of childhood did you have? Well, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, in a area called Bed-Stuy as short for Bedford-Stuyvesant. And uh, basically, it was a very rough neighborhood, but it was nice, you know. I mean, we learned how to be, you know, survive on the streets, and it was, it was a good neighborhood. I, I, uh, I started painting there at seven years old, and, uh, and the first painting I did was of my father, he was the one that turned me on to art. He was a poet. And uh, he took me at a very young age. I think I must have been four years old the first time. He took me to the Metropolitan Museum of Art and turned me on to uh, painting and, and artists. And uh, primarily, Salvador Dali was the first one that he really turned me on to in a big way. And uh, I was sort of mesmerized at a number of his paintings. I used to sneak out of the house at a very young age and uh, find my way to the Metropolitan Museum. And I would sit on this bench in front of Dali's crucifixion and just stare at it for hours. And that started me really painting and involving me in the visual arts, you know. At what point did you realize that you could make a living from your artistic expressions about a week ago <laughs> <laughs> and the, the rest was just I got, practice <laughs> i got a great i got a great gig of a week ago and it, it was for a lot of money no what happened to me was as i graduated college and art school actually the brooklyn museum was the last school that i went to in america I wanted to uh, get myself a loft in Soho in Manhattan. I don't know if you guys know what a loft is. I guess everybody knows it's, uh, it's like anyway. an open yeah. apartment. 
Yeah, it's a one floor uh, apartment. Um, and I wanted to just uh, paint. That's all I wanted to do. Now, I was engaged to be married. And this one of my, I thought was my friends, came to me when we were leaving the school. And he said, well, what are you going to do now? And I said, well, I'm going to get a loft and paint. And he said to me, which are the words that I hate and want to destroy more than anything on this planet for other artists is why do you want to be a starving artist? And at that time I got worried because I was young and gullible and all of that. And, and I said to myself, well, gee, you mean starving? I'm getting married. I don't want to do that. You know? So fortunately I took graphics in school and I was pretty good at it. And this of course was not web building or, you know, anything like that, but it was, it was designing, you know, graphic arts and designing logos and all of those things, you know, I said, well, maybe I better not get the loft right now. I don't want to starve. I have a, I'm getting married. And so I took the path of, uh, going into graphics. I figured, well, I'll make some money, you know, when I get enough for something, then I'll go, go get my loft and, and just paint. And in the meantime, I'll paint anyway. And uh, by the way, I had a real good idea. I might as well throw this out to anybody, any painters out there or whatever that are working their way through school. I had a terrific idea. I paid my way through art school by getting the New York Times newspaper on a Monday. And in the paper, they had uh, wedding announcements. And I would pick, and they're black and white photographs, and I would pick one that I liked best, and, and I would just do a painting on my own, on speculation. And, uh, and then I'd present it to the groom as a surprise for his potential wife, or his wife, and, and if he, he didn't want it, I'd present it to her as a surprise for him, and if neither one wanted it, I'd go to the parents, and basically, I sold every one at that time. So I was making money and pretty good money doing one of those a week. And of course, this is back uh, in the uh, in the 60s, flower power and all that stuff, you know? Yeah. So that worked out really well for me. And, uh, and that was really the beginning of painting while I was doing graphics and making money in the graphic arts field, you know? The problem was that I never got back to getting my loft. Uh, one thing led to another and I became in Manhattan. They called me the whiz kid and I wound up designing magazines. I wound up doing seven different magazines. And the last magazine was the, was McCall's magazine at that time was the most, well, it was actually, the largest magazine at that time and I was the youngest art director ever to art direct that magazine at the age of 27 years old and uh, it was uh, it was a lot of fun and I painted while I did it but I never got my loft I think in some ways you became bigger than a loft <laughs> certainly I think maybe some of your ambitions you mentioned earlier some of your education from the Parsons School of Design the School of Visual Arts and studying with the Sawyer Brothers at the Brooklyn Museum. 
Uh, then mm-hmm. your when you went down to the was it the New York Metropolitan and you would look at the the Dali artwork. Mm-hmm. Later in life, then you would go on to photograph Salvador Dali. Life can be amazing sometimes. Situations when they actually materialize are pretty amazing. And of course, I uh, was such a fan of Dali that, uh, you know, I'm living in London in 1973 and I'm doing painting and I'm doing fashion photography and advertising and redesigning Vogue magazine and all of that stuff. And I get a phone call out of the blue from uh, Gala, Dolly's wife, asking me if I'd be interested in uh, coming to uh, Spain, to their home, to their villa, and creating their their, uh, 50th wedding anniversary uh, portrait. And of course, I thought somebody was kidding around on the phone and, you know, and I hung up on her. I just said, fuck off and don't bother <laughs> me. And, uh, and, uh, she called me back and, uh, and said, gee, uh, you know, why would you, uh, say that to me? You know, we're, and, uh, and then, I don't know, she said a few things and the way she said, said them, uh, I finally realized that my God, this is really happening here, you know, and I almost fell off or, or passed out or whatever, you know, I'm saying fuck off to Gala, you know, <laughs> I mean, this is a, this is a woman who I looked at in 2000 paintings of Dolly, you know? So yes, uh, I did agree definitely, uh, to do that portrait. And, uh, and of course I flew to Spain, uh, to their home and, uh, I don't know how much you want me to talk about that one. Well, but it was the, it's, it was my, it's it an, was an incredible, incredible story. story. Yeah. I, I reckon we'll uh, put a direct link to the story that's on your blog on over at your website. Yeah. Um, okay, because that's a terrific story that people should definitely head over and read. But I'm glad you touched on it. Thank you so much. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I've got a question about your work in terms of like the two mediums you you work in, portrait painting and photography. Tell us about both mm. fields and the difference between working in those those mediums. Well, the thing is that right now i'm I'm actually doing seminars in Russia. I've just signed up to do six seminars in Russia. The topic is photography versus painting. and I, at a certain point when I was, I was doing, you know, I was like the top uh, photographer in Los Angeles, but I was also painting. I realized that at some point I had to learn photography because I, you know, every portrait artist or every painter really uh, paints from, especially if you're doing a family portrait and you need the likeness. Uh, you paint from the photograph that you create. People don't sit anymore. They, they don't have time these days to sit while you paint. And I, I realized that I needed to make my photographs better in order to be able to capture better expressions, better lighting, just better material to use to create paintings. And uh, so I got into... Uh, at the time I was art directing these magazines, I hired the top photographers in, in New York and, and I would go to their studio and of course I'd watch them work. I learned a lot 
and then I used to moonlight for the magazines that I used to art direct. And I used to take like four or five hour lunches and uh, do uh, photography on the side using their studios. Anyway, the point is that I became uh, pretty good at the, at the medium. And uh, the only problem was it was not a challenge after a while for me anymore. And all I wanted to do at a certain point was just get back to painting which I had wanted to do, and that's the reason I got into photography. And because I was so popular at that time, I was getting an, another job every day. Every day was another photographic shooting, and I trying to figure out how I could just paint, because that's all I wanted to do. I, didn't, I never felt, I must tell you, and I don't want to invalidate other photographers out there, but I never felt like I was a true artist unless I actually painted. I didn't, mm. you know, I thought, okay, well, you create the composition and the idea or whatever, but the camera is creating the image. You're not, you're not creating the image. So I got to a point where I just said, you know, I just can't do this anymore. I would just have to paint. I figured uh, the only way I could really just get away from photography was just to abruptly leave in L.A., and I said, well, look, I'm just going to go to Europe. I'm just going to, I don't know anybody in London. They speak English so I can get along. And, uh, and I just packed up and just left LA and, uh, and went to paint. The situation though backfired on me a little bit because when I got to London, oh, I must've been there for two weeks and got a phone call from Condé Nast publishing company. And, you know, they do Vogue magazine and and uh, they asked me would you be interested in redesigning Brides magazine for us they heard about me because of my art direction in, in New York magazine art direction and I said well you know I do it on one condition I would only do it if I can create uh, for the magazine 16 pages of art uh, every every issue and that would incorporate uh fashion photography and uh painting and they agreed and uh i did that for about a year and a half i redesigned that magazine and worked on it and uh at the same time painted and did fashion photography for for them and also i was doing fashion photography and painting for uh, other clients in London and also in Paris. I was pretty busy then as well. Uh, but at a certain point, I got myself uh, an agent, uh, an artist representative that would represent me in both phases of photography and painting. Of course, this is a long story to get to this point to answer your question. But basically, I feel that the relationship between the two is that that a photographer should learn how to paint and vice versa. <laughs> because I think when a photographer starts to paint, they actually expand as photographers. Now, I've seen that happen. And this is basically the subject of my seminars is the relationship between the two and one how one enhances the other. 
what a what a brilliant answer. Thank you very much. Just for our listeners um, who who may not know about the process, and I'm I'm one of those people. Could you talk to us about your general process when you are? Um, painting uh, an individual is it you, you take the you take a range of photographs first you you select the the, the right photograph with your subject and then you, you work on painting that could you talk us about the process well be, yeah before before i do any photography i have to travel to wherever they are and that's what i do i i fly all over planet earth to uh, to create the uh, portrait sitting as they call it and I design the composition. I use elements uh, in their environment. Um, I create the composition with as many people that are in the composition. And I photograph them individually. And I, of course, use it all as reference. And I, I could take a, a face from one and use it on the body of uh, one of their bodies on another and I will first make sure that the photograph is totally, in every way, composed the way I want it to be in the painting. And of course, at that point, I just uh, tack it up on the wall and uh, and totally copy it and paint it. Do you also do original pieces yes. as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Terrific. I uh, right now, right now, I I mostly. I'm doing original artwork. I would say probably for the last, I, I've done over four or 500 family portraits. Wow. Uh, but in the past five years, I've basically said, well, it's not that I've had enough of that. I still enjoy doing that because I like to see uh, how happy the people are, you know, when we unveil it. I like that a lot. But then I decided, well, I'm going to start to satisfy myself even though that does satisfy myself, but, but I've started to expand from realism because basically I painted, oh, for the last 25 years, realistically, and I just started to expand into impressionistic, and that's what I really love now, and, and that's the way I paint portraits now in, in an impressionistic uh, technique, which gives me... Uh, a lot more freedom to paint very a lot quicker and and spontaneously mm. uh, but i do yes i do create a lot of my own artwork now i have a a ton of artwork that i'm now doing a lot of exhibitions with uh selling selling originals selling g clays g, g clays are limited edition copy of of a, of an original, you know, a series. You create a series of maybe two, three hundred uh, Giclees copies of the original, and and uh, and I sell them on uh, my gallery, zportraitures.com. If you can spell that, you can go there. And uh, yes, I mostly do that now for myself. Yes, I might jump in and ask. Who are some of the sort of artistic inspirations that you've drawn on uh, throughout your experience and career with well, your original art? Well, uh, you know, my uh, Rembrandt was my was my first mentor, and I just painted like Rembrandt. You know, I mean, every artist has to start somewhere, and they usually are influenced by others. Uh, and then, of course, I 
moved off and combined his style with just my own style that just sort of happened, you know. And then I started to, of course, get into the impressionistic influences, you know, like Renoir and Degas and, you know, all of these. And then, of course, I went off on a tangent and developed my own style, which people have, I must say, they're making me pretty happy by the reaction I'm getting for the last five years with this particular style now. And it's kind of a mixture of a, of a lot of impressionistic uh, artists. And also, I throw in some realism. Uh, sometimes it's a combination of realism and impressionism and even abstract uh, sometimes. Uh, so I'm not really locked in, uh, by one particular style. I, I, it's a mixture. It's a mixed, mixed media. We're going to jump back a bit in time now, back a few decades to the 1980s. We're going to ask about your work with Michael Jackson, but first mm-hmm. I was going to ask before working with Michael Jackson, what was your awareness of him and his music? Well, I must tell you, um, I was not into the Motown sound back then at all. I was into, you know, the Rolling Stones, more rock, right? And uh, never really spent much time listening to the Motown sound. It, Marvin Gaye or whatever, I, you know, it's okay. But, and, but I did, of course, you know, I remember Michael's sound and, and the uh, Off the Wall album, uh, which was, I guess, at that time, it kind of moved away a little bit from Motown. It had a lot of it, but, you know, I didn't have a real opinion about him either way. Not that much real interest. Like I said, I was into a lot of other things. And, of course, I was extremely busy photographing all kinds of celebrities, uh, a lot of album covers, a lot of rock album covers, a lot of country albums at one point i was like the king of country albums and you know i, I must have i did it i i did about a i did about seriously i did about a thousand album covers uh oh, wow ph- photographed and and also painted i was able to you know paint a lot of album covers uh, as well so that made me happy who were some of those other um celebrities that you got to work with around that time are you kidding? Uh, I mean, I've kidding. I've read the I've read your website, so I know their names. But <laughs> I mean, we're talking about no, John no, Travolta, Mick Jagger, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, John, of course, I've photographed a number a number of times. Uh, uh, you name them, basically. You know, I I basically photographed just through that through I would say through the eighties and probably halfway through. The 90s. Uh, Tom Cruise uh, was another one, of course. Uh, I photographed just about every big name, not only performers, but politicians and, you know, just very notable people. Uh, and like I said, if you, yeah, if you go to my website, I've got a whole list, a few hundred celebrities, but that's only a, a, a small portion of them. So you'd figure every, every day was another celebrity would come into my studio. 
It must be fascinating to sit back and think and, and compare all of these different personalities against each other. Like obviously some must have been incredibly particular about what they wanted and did others just give you the trust to do what you felt would be best as a professional? Well, I like that, I like that question and, uh, and I'll tell you why. I didn't really give a shit uh, what, what people thought uh, of me when I photographed them. And I don't mean that I was nasty or anything. I was not. I was very, very uh, courteous. But uh, I figured that if somebody hired me and I was getting some good money to, to, to photograph them, that they would want my talents. They would want me to do what I do best for them. And I know that they're in the there were a lot of photographers that were so intimidated by celebrities that, uh, that they were afraid to really uh, push them. And, uh, and I wasn't. And what I did was I never used, for instance, I never used a motor drive camera. Uh, I never did anything on automatic. And what I would do is manipulate, uh, the celebrities to, to get away from, the autom- automaticity of of what they always gave to cameras, their image, you know, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't accept I wouldn't accept anything that I felt was not really them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm talking about the subtleties of 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 who they really were, and they really respected that in me, and that's what made me very popular. And they used to call me the image maker in Los Angeles for many years. And, and I just uh, would stick to the way I work. And uh, if they didn't like it, you know, I would just basically stop shooting and say, look, you came to me and I'm giving you me. And, uh, and uh, that's, that's the way I, I gained a reputation and respect. Uh, so uh, and many of them uh, would tell me that spending a day with me uh, in the studio uh, was they learned more about the subtleties of of their faces and expressions than they did in all the years in acting class. Wow. So, yeah, so that's the way I worked. And uh, and I wouldn't really accept uh, anything other than my the best I could give them.
What's up, everybody? This is Judith Hill, and you're listening to The MJ Cast. How did you come to originally work with Michael in particular? It's very similar to Salvador Dali, uh, Gala phoning me. It's the same, same thing, really. Is uh, uh, There was a uh, – Michael at the time had a manager, uh, Freddie DeMann, that was his name, and he was managing Madonna and – I think it was only Madonna at that point, and and he was managing Michael. I did some work with him previous, uh, some some other big celebrity, and uh, I don't remember actually who that celebrity was, but it was a big name. and And Freddie was very pleased with the outcome, and he called me uh, in when uh, obviously he started managing Michael, and he said, uh, you know, I have a a gig for you and uh it's uh, michael jackson's new album and uh the only problem with that is dick i have to be honest with you there are two other photographers uh in los angeles that are also up for the running of that cover and i said okay fine you know uh so what do we do and he said well just hang loose and uh, i just want to let you know and find out if you're really up to doing it if you if you want to do it you know and i said yeah fine you know i wouldn't refuse it so i went back to my studio and i think it was probably a couple of days later i received a phone call well i didn't receive it but my secretary received it and it was and she buzzed me uh, and said it's uh, michael jackson on the phone and uh so i spoke to Michael and uh, he said that uh, he was interested in uh, me doing the album with him, working with him, but he first wanted to see my photographs. And so uh, I invited him over. Previous to him coming over, he invited me uh, over to the studio. Uh, it was called Westlake Studio uh, on uh, Sunset, I think it was uh, Beverly Boulevard in Los Angeles. Basically, he wanted me to uh, hear some of the music, so I went, I went over there and uh, and met him for the first time, and he was very nice, cordial, and uh, and he had me sit in on the studio, the recording session, not long. I didn't I I, I didn't want to really stay long because I had to get back to the studio. I had a lot of work. I was there probably for an hour or so, just to hear some of the the music, you know, because he felt that. If, uh, I, if I was going to do the album, he wanted me to recognize and think with, you know, where the music uh, was, was, was going, you know, the style and so on, you know. And uh, I remember that, that the, the first music that I heard that day was different, you know. It had a very different beat. And it was obviously, you know, the, the, the beat that Michael had 
developed at that point and and carried on to you know future albums you know but i did recognize it to be different so anyway uh i left and uh maybe it was it was probably a week week or so later he called and my secretary made an appointment for him to come by at the studio one particular day, I don't remember what day it was of the week, there was a, a knock on the door. I was upstairs in my loft. My office was upstairs in a loft, and uh, my secretary uh, answered the phone. So I came down, and I met him uh, at the door, and, uh, you know, we met again, obviously, and I took him upstairs to my uh, loft to show him my, my work. Even before we got up there, my walls were loaded with major fashion photographs and major magazine covers and album covers and advertisements and everything else. And he was pretty uh, amazed right off the top there and made some incredibly nice comments to me like, you know, wow, I can't can't believe you did all of this, you know. So we went upstairs to my loft and I took out my portfolio and showed him uh, a lot more of, he wanted to see more of my personal creations. Um, and that went rather quickly. He looked to me like he had seen enough, you know. And then we kind of branched off and started to just talk. Talk about life. Talk about things that he liked. Talk about the future generation. Talk about uh, problems on planet earth, uh, and talk about music. You know, you wanted to know what kind of music I liked. And I put on, I put on some, some of my music, uh, uh, a lot of it was mostly rock, but he was cool with that. I guess we spent about three hours at that point, just getting in communication, you know, learning about each other. And, and I think he stayed a lot longer than he had planned on because we got on really well. And that was it. Uh, I walked him downstairs and, and he left. That was it for that particular in, intro, our first intro, or second intro, actually. Just hearing this, it's, it's very clear that the collaborations that seem to work the best are very much a two-way street. You're both bouncing and learning from each other. And I guess... That's sort of what you mentioned before, where you mm -hmm. want the re the real person, you want to bring that out to capture that. He was able to see right right at the beginning that I was real. You know, I was not L.A. You know, there's a way that L.A. people are, and, uh, and they're not real. And I've always been real. I just say what I feel and, uh, and don't try to be interesting or be anything more than I, than I am. You know, and I think people see that pretty quickly. And I'm sure he did. He was a very, he was a very aware individual, very, very sharp. And he really was able to duplicate a very well, duplicate whatever I said and understand what I said. And, and what I liked about him immediately was that he had no ego. He was just himself, just like I was. So we got on really great from the very beginning. The, the very beginning, I saw him actually at the studio. I knew that there was something that I liked very much, you know. 
the, the way he introduced me to to uh, Quincy Jones and whoever else was there, you know. With that sort of two-way street interaction and, and Michael learning about you and your music tastes and, and all of your inspirations and you more about him and you were both just being real with each other, how did that then shape the concept of the cover? We saw last year that you released yeah. some images of alternate like concepts the the tiger yeah. cub and the light stick and the leather jacket yeah. so there has been a progression till we get well, to the whites the white suit yeah. how did that sort of two-way street it, it, influence it, it, it wasn't it wasn't really a progression to that 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 came a lot later ah. um, after we got together I was waiting for him to actually uh, decide who was going to shoot the cover you know just because we got on great didn't mean that uh, he wanted me to do it but i did hear about three days later from the the record label that they wanted to meet with me and so i met with them and they told me when i got there that that michael had chosen me to do this cover and they wanted to talk about ideas i don't know if you guys know anything about the bureaucracy of advertising uh, or anything like that, and you could waste a lot of time with people trying to show that they're earning their money. Yeah. And basically what happens is you, you sit around a board of directors uh, with a bunch of art directors, and there were probably four or five of them at that point. And evidently, this album was going to be, I could see that they decided that this was uh, an album where they're going to spend money on. We threw ideas around for a few hours and came up with, I don't know, maybe about five or six uh, compositions of something, you know. And then uh, I left, went back to my studio, and, uh, and what they did was create uh, storyboards. You know, they mock up a, a visual, uh, and uh, they sent them over to me. I think they were like five or six, like I said. And uh, they wanted me to do each one, follow each one specifically. So they had mocked up, let's say, six different album covers, you know. So, of course, I, you know, looked these ideas over and I wasn't crazy about any of them because I really don't like to work that way. I like to work spontaneously. And I figured, well, look, what are they going to do if I just do my own thing, you know, what are they going to do? They're not going to reshoot or whatever. And, and the photographs, I'm sure, you know, if I'm shooting them, they're going to be, you know, I'm not going to take a bad photograph. And plus I've done thousand album covers previous. So I know my way around album covers. So we can jump towards, uh, the day of the, sh the photo shoot. And, uh, uh, Michael, you know, came by the same way, uh, lightly tapping on the door and, uh, and, uh, and we let him in, you know, I took him, uh, up to my, uh, loft again. Sorry if I'm going off on a little tangent here. I have people coming out of the party here. If it gets too loud, I'll have to move to another location. Uh, anyway, I don't want to lose my train of thought. So, uh, I, Oh, okay. So, uh, at that point I showed him the five or six, uh, mock-ups layouts that, that these, uh, this label put together and, and he looked at me like he had a bad taste in his mouth, you know, <laughs> and he said that we really have to do those. 
And I said, listen, Michael, you're the boss here. Uh, I'm the boss as well. The two of us, it looks like you feel the same way I do. Because I had decided before you got here that I really didn't want to do any of these, you know. And he really lit up because he, he, he really thanked me. He, he realized that the reason that he wanted me uh, to do this album cover was for whatever I could contribute. You know, not to copy something, you know, that somebody else created. Mm. I'm, actually, I'm actually walking, guys, because I'm trying to get away from this noise. No worries. It's all good. Yeah. This, we're just transfixed yeah. by the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, did I take my lighter with me? Oh, I don't oh. have a lighter. I can't, I can't relight my cigar if I don't. Hold on. Let me just shoot back here. Uh, I, can't do, I can't do interviews without a cigar. <laughs> That's a great image that I've got in my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. These cigars uh, are... Terrific cigars. I, uh, I'm not name dropping really, but I got them. I was in Rome uh, five months ago delivering a painting to the Pope. Uh, I really, I, I, yeah, I did. A, I did a really beautiful painting of the Pope, and uh, he he said it was the best painting uh, anyone's ever done of him. So I was really wow. happy with that. But I Whoa. but I got these. But somebody they turned me. Somebody in, at the Vatican turned me on to these cigars, and uh, I I bought a shitload of them back with me, and I'm lighting mine now. My my father is a, a massive cigar aficionado. I'd I'd love to know what they're yeah. called. Uh, well, I can't pronounce it. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. But it it starts with a T and ends in an O. That's all I can tell you right now. Okay. Anyway. So where were we? Uh, we're doing an interview here. Um, Mike, you said uh, Michael and you had were both very relieved that the other people's concepts yeah. is not the direction you were going to yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. So basically, he said to me, "So what? What are we going to do?" And I said, "Well, we're going to what we're going to do, Michael, is exactly what I like to do, and we're just going to change clothes and we're just going to create spontaneously and see what we come up with." And, uh, and that's what we did. And we just played really and talk about playing, you know, which is something he loved, loved to do. And, uh, we just improvised, uh, the whole, the whole shoot was, a in, improv, improv, improvisation. improvisation. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, thanks <laughs> too much cigar, I think. Mm. <laughs> anyway. No, I'm not. Listen, I, 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 I'm not drinking. I don't drink when I do interviews at all. So, and I ne actually, I never really drink. But, um, but anyway, uh, so we did, and and we just played around all day, and and we had a lot. Of, I must tell you, we had a lot of fun. Uh, I guess what you guys want to hear is previous to actually any shooting, because I know I've been asked about this story many times, and uh, basically it has to do with the wardrobe. When you do a photo shoot, you hire a person called a stylist, fashion stylist, and they go out and they gather wardrobe for whoever you're shooting at the time. And so this particular a girl went out and she basically put two big racks of clothes together. And, uh, 
And so we, Michael and I got together and going over uh, the clothes, we said, well, let's, let's pick some things out, you know. And basically he went over everything and he said, you know, there's nothing here that, that's me, there's nothing here that I like, nothing here that turns me on. And I started to panic for the fir first time that day because I figured, you know, I had to, by the time he got out of makeup and get his hair done and everything, you know, time is fleeting. And of course that happened first, hair and makeup happens first. And then the wardrobe happened second and we couldn't find anything. I happened to always be wearing white. White was my, my thing. And uh, that particular day I had uh, this white suit on. And he said, uh, well, do you have anything like that? And he pointed, of course, to my suit. And I said, uh, well, no, and we really don't have a lot of time. We really need to get shooting, you know. And uh, I said, listen, I said, you and I are about the same height. We were just about exactly the same height. And I said, well, how do you feel about, you know, wearing my suit? And he said, no problem. He said, that'd be great, you know. So, uh, so we, I gave him my suit to, to wear. And uh, I put on something from the rack for me to shoot in. And that's really, of course, how uh, that became, you know, the iconic wardrobe for that cover. Now, there were uh, a couple of other pieces that we, we did use from, from the rack. And, uh, and they, you know, they were alternate shots because we just played around and, and changed. But mostly we were creating with the white suit uh, with the different t-shirts underneath, you know, and that was, that was how that one, uh, happened, how that happened to be the cover. It that was my, my white suit and months after, and this is before I had any idea that this album would be as big as it started to be. I finally, uh, I was still wearing that white suit for a few months, you know, no, I wouldn't wear the same white suit every day, but you know, yeah. uh, yeah. I did, I did change my wardrobe <laughs> and, uh, at a certain point, uh, when this album was getting really big, I said, you know, I better not wear the suit anymore. It's like iconic. And so I took it to a place and had it, uh, installed in a plexiglass box and, uh, hung it up on my wall. And, uh, and, and I had that there for, for, uh, quite a, quite a few months. Uh, excuse me one sec. I have, well, what? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, guys, uh, yes, sir. uh, I, uh, I have to, uh, don't, don't panic. I'm not leaving the interview. Uh, but I am leaving the party and somebody will, is going to be driving my car while I do this. Oh, That's wow. Okay. No worries. It's all good. So I will be in transit while we're talking here. So, oh, so, so what happened is after a few months, I had a, a house that was, that had a lot of French doors um, and you could break in it very easily. I would go out of town a lot. I'd travel a lot and my wife would be home alone. And, and as the suit was getting more and more popular and I guess, you know, 
I was a little worried uh, that somebody would break in and I was worried about any danger to her or anything. And I uh, one day uh, received a phone call, uh, which was interesting, from uh, Sotheby's auction house. And, uh, okay, wait, I'm getting in a car. Yeah, all good. Okay. And, uh, that is the door closing in the car. <laughs> this is as real as real can be. There you go. Yeah, it's called, uh, what is that, what is that guy that does the, uh. Oh, the, uh, the comedians in cars or whatever. Comedians <laughs> <in> cars. <laughs> This is this is my. You can hear my wife, I think. Yeah. Patty. Hello, hello. Hi, Patty. Hey, hello, Thank you. Australia. Hi there, Australia. <laughs> Thanks for letting us have uh, some time with uh, the Schwarzenegger, Mr. Dick Zimmerman. <laughs> she, she can't. She can't hear you. I'm. I have my my headset on here. So. Oh, of course, of course. Okay. Thank you for that. But uh, anyway, uh, so uh, so Sotheby's contacted me. Don't hit that car, please. No, no. Okay. And uh, and I decided that because of the safety reasons, uh, I would. They wanted me to auction off the suit. Is basically what it was. And I agreed. I figured, you know, there's danger in me keeping it, so I, I agreed. And and we auctioned it off. I'm not going to tell you how much I got for it at that particular time, but at, at that time it was okay. You know, I I wouldn't wasn't going to complain. So after I actually found out, uh, I wanted to find out actually who, who bought the suit. And, uh, because originally an attorney had contacted me and wanted me to know if I wanted to auction the suit. And I found out later that it was Michael Jackson's attorney, Ah. which was kind of interesting because you see, the thing is, is that, you know, Michael was so polite, uh, and he wanted the suit, obviously, for his uh, exhibitions and things like that. And um, so, but he he didn't want to just come out and you know and ask me for it. So, oh, I guys, um, I got to put my seatbelt on here because no happy to hear that. Happy to hear it. You're hearing a ping, I think. Yes, a safety ping. first. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, I'm clicked in now. Cool. Anyway, so uh, the suit I I believe is in the either in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or someplace the, uh, similar. I saw it. You, I saw it in twenty. When was it? Two thousand nine. At the end of the year, I think in a Grammy Museum in Los uh, Angeles. Yes, that's where it is. That's where it yeah. is. Grammy Museum. Have you right. seen it since? No, no, I haven't. No, it's what displayed. It looks, like? it's, it's looks yeah, it <laughs> is. It looks terrific. It's displayed very well. You'd be happy. Uh, yeah, I wish I had it now. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> yeah, and when I when I heard that he that they auctioned, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe three years ago, uh, the the black uh, and red jacket that he wore on one of the videos for over a million bucks, I. Uh, I didn't feel too good. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So now, now, you know, I'm listen, guys, I'm, and the audience out there, I'm sitting next to my wife. Okay. 
And every time I say something that she doesn't like, she hits me. <laughs> so now I have now I have another thing to concentrate on. <laughs> Uh, Hilarious. I Love it. the same kind of abuse. Don't worry. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing changes. No. Uh, <laughs> they told him, don't you ever come around here. Don't want to see your face. You better disappear. The fire's in their eyes and their words are really clear. So beat it.
Hi, I'm Andy Healy, author of the MJ101 series, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. I have a question for you about Michael during the actual shoot. There's um, I've seen some footage of uh, Michael in a shoot very late in his life, actually. I think it was one of the final shoots he did. He was working with a photographer called Bruce Weber. And in, in this particular shoot, there was... um music going on everywhere and it was energetic and Michael's getting into poses every every few seconds and what what was your physical experience like with him how did you position him as a subject in the shoot you know I got to tell you guys I just realized that I had left my cigar holder at the party and so I'm upset right now oh okay but I'll I'll handle but but I the only reason I I didn't really listen to what the question was so give it to me again okay that's all right yeah i just said that um i've i've had the the pleasure of seeing some footage recently of michael in a photo shoot in the last yeah. couple of years of his life he was working with a photographer right. called bruce weber and yeah, yeah. In, in this shoot it was very energetic there was a lot of music going on and michael was posing every yeah. few seconds and mm-hmm. i wanted to know what yeah. the energy was like in your shoots with him and how did you position him physically as a subject it was not like that at all because, uh, you know, we were experimenting. Now, at, at that point when maybe Bruce Weber was shooting him, it was sometime after. Uh, I don't know what stage oh, it that was. It was 2007, but, so it was very, very yeah, well, Michael, Michael was Yeah, Michael was doing his shows and, and all his uh, routines and everything like that. So I can imagine that, that there was a lot of... Uh, uh, energy going on but with us it wasn't it was more uh like that we were just creating uh aesthetics you know yeah and uh and basically we'd wing it i would i would set something up and uh put him in it and uh and just create lighting uh just spontaneously and uh and he would cooperate with everything uh that i did and uh but we didn't uh, we didn't have music blasting or, or anything like that. It was yeah. it was more of a of a quiet, almost like creating a painting. You know, that's sort of what I had in mind when I did it. Was was uh, a, well, it was a painting. You know, and uh, and basically, you know, basically the the way I uh, explained my life to you guys earlier as a painter, I basically saw photography as paintings. So. Yeah. That that was that was how I worked, and uh, you know, of course, I don't remember, you know, the first shot or anything like that. But uh, but I do remember positioning him for the shot that uh, became the cover, uh, you know, with the uh, tiger cubs. One of the things that stands out uh, was that during our breaks, and we took a lot of breaks, uh, that Michael would stand in front of uh, my big mirror. And he would practice his uh, his moves, you know. Wow. And of course, I I saw the uh, the moonwalk for the first time, and I said, "Michael, what the fuck is that?" You know, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 you know, it just uh, I I I actually couldn't believe. I thought he was on ice or something. I said, "How the hell did he do that?" You know. And he did a lot of other moves uh, as well, but I distinctly remember that one. And of course, I think it became the most famous move anyway right yeah absolutely sure but, I did. Uh, but we, look we played around and and uh and um and the other thing you know he was extremely professional 
he was uh, he was very astute to uh, everything I was doing and and uh, and was adding his his own ideas. Uh, so it was a, a collaboration between the two of us. One thing uh, that stood out, and this is how professional uh, Michael was, and uh, and throughout probably many other things that he did. Uh, he had a, a fellow there who, uh, and I never had experienced that. He had a fellow there with one of these counters, these uh, clickers, you know, and he counted uh, every frame that I shot uh, because he he purchased uh, every frame. He wanted to make sure that he had every every one that I shot. You know, oh, wow. That was yeah. That was kind of interesting. I had never seen anybody do that. That was it. We, you know, we shot for the day and uh, and then uh, wrapped up. What did he express his thoughts to around the finished product at any point? Well, he of course didn't see the finished product at that point because this is not the digital era. Yeah, this mm. is the film film era. So the only thing he saw were Polaroids. And of course, you know, I would do a Polaroid before every every change to get an idea of, uh, you know, lighting and whatever. And, you know, and we wouldn't shoot if if he looked at one of the Polaroids that he didn't care for, I wouldn't go ahead with it. So he never, never saw the actual film, finished film product until I went to meet him uh, at uh, the Westlake studio, I guess, about a week later, something like that. So anyway, I went there uh, with a portable light table and uh, and all the images. And the images were, you know, they were, I photographed them with a Hasselblad camera. Hasselblad camera is uh, two and a quarter by two and a quarter inches. Okay. And uh, I spread them out all over the light table. Michael looked, came out of the studio, of course, he was recording. He said, I can't pick one of one of these. There's so many, uh, you know. I said, "Well, you know, I'm I'm happy that you, you know, like them all." He says, "Yes, but I want to pick the album cover today." And I said, <laughs> "Okay, fine. Well, go ahead. I'll, I'll help you." And he says, "No, no, no. Hold on." And he ran into the studio and came out with Quincy. I had met him already, so we shook hands and. And uh, Michael said, look at these pictures. This is, this is the, the album cover. I don't know which one, and I want to pick it today and, you know, help me out. And honestly, this is exactly the time involved. Quincy just bent over this light table, and I would say uh, no more than 30 seconds, maybe even less than that. He uh, pointed to uh, transparency and said, that's the cover. There it is, Michael. And, uh, and that was it. It was, uh, that's, that's how the iconic thriller cover was, was picked in. Wow. Then it became the most distributed portrait in history. Distributed. Yes. Incredible. Incredible. Thank you so much for sharing, answering those questions about that shoot. Of course, this is really just the the tip of the iceberg of, of that story, I imagine. You've got your DVD, The Memories of Michael, the thriller cover session interviews, which would go into far more. And, uh, of course, we'll have links yeah. to that. 
we're going to include links no, to I, that. Yeah, no, it's uh, it it there's a there's a lot of stories, of course, that I have, and I don't have the time to get into them now. But uh, you know, maybe another time we can do it. We're going to leave the thriller era, or not the thriller era, but the thriller project there, because we just wanted to ask a few very quick questions. Hopefully, uh, up to you. Up to you. Then one of the other projects you followed up with was the ET Storybook album project. Have you got a story yeah. that you can share from that endearing pair? Well, that- uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, you know. You know, if we talk about that, then we'd probably have to go into uh, my exclusive pictures when Michael married Lisa Marie. I actually don't have time right now to continue it. Oh, that's okay. Because uh, uh, it's, you know, each one is a long story. and uh, But I'm perfectly willing at another time, because I, I enjoyed it. You guys are fun. Thank uh, you. To, Thank to you. continue it. Uh, another time when I'm not driving in a car and <laughs> crashing to something here. We're, we're getting uh, the tour of Florida. And getting punched in the arm every time I say something that <laughs> she doesn't like, you know. She doesn't like me giving away all my secrets, you know. <laughs> uh, we, we don't want all of the secrets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. uh, anyway, a, a lot of a, a lot of. Uh, Things that I didn't talk about, obviously, are on my DVD. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, you can find that at uh, fanclubartgallery.com if you want to purchase that. Uh, and, you, and, and if you add slash DVD, so it's fanclubartgallery.com slash DVD, you can go straight to the page for the actual DVD package, which comes with an art booklet, which I think is incredible. It's an art uh, art booklet. It features original uh, Gislay prints of Michael that you've painted. Uh, it's never-before-seen archival footage of Michael in the makeup for the thriller photo shoot. It's got the never-before-seen alternate thriller cover. And then, of course, it's all built around the personal insights and your stories and yeah. that I have to say, the price point for the DVD is terrific. I want to uh, say right. thank you, and we appreciate that because a lot of people well, would come out and charge an arm and a leg, and then no yeah. one would be able to get it. Well, I, you know, I'm more uh, actually uh, excited about uh, the paintings that are in the catalog inside the DVD package because uh, you know they're they're my paintings and uh, and one of them actually is a painting of the thriller cover and one of them is a painting of uh, when Michael died I did a montage of the three times that I worked with Michael uh, so that painting is there and that's a tribute to Michael and then of course I the the other one is is the alternate thriller album cover which I must tell you I like that one a lot better than the, the 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 white suit cover. I think it had a lot more uh, energy to it, and uh, and you can look at that one as well. And uh, I I did a painting uh, with that as well. Uh, but there's six six uh, pieces uh, in that catalog that can be purchased uh, through my website. You know. Brilliant. If if we had time to ask you, say, two more questions, would, one of them would be if you could 
to share your inspirations for those pictures as the Gisley prints that are the Gisley prints that are included in the booklet. Would you have time? I'm going to have to test you on that word. You know, you are Gisley. It's a G clay. Okay, G clay. (laughs) Yes. It's your, your Australian accent is getting in the way. That's the problem. It sure is. It sure is. <laughs> Would you have yeah. time to talk to us about the Giclee prints and your inspirations for those pieces? And then we would yeah. finish with one final question. Yeah, that's fine. That's Please. Fine. I would I, love you, you to tell us about I, the Giclee pictures. I will give you till 10 o'clock, which is my time. Okay. okay. That's 15 minutes from now. We appreciate that. Okay. So the Giclee prints that are in this art booklet as part of this yes. DVD set, yes. there's, there's six images. And mm-hmm. like you mentioned, they come from a, a montage from the three times you worked with Michael, Thriller, E.T. No, and the, no, no? no not, not correct. Only one of the painting is a, is a montage. Yes. And that one is made up of the three times that I worked with Michael, yep. the Thriller album, uh, the narration of the E.T. album, and the exclusive wedding photographs of him and Lisa Marie. That's, that's on one painting. And tell us about some of the other images and, and their inspirations, because they're not just direct portrait copies. These have got a lot of personal stuff in them. There's one with uh, Michael and a baby cub, tiger cub. That's one of the six. And uh, there's another one which I call Lou. And uh, it's just Michael alone, just, uh, I think, just looking great. And it's, it's probably the last time that I worked with him. It was from that session, which would be the uh, Lisa Marie, Michael Jackson wedding images uh, but uh, anyway uh, you know they're there i think they're to me an in- incredible collector's item for for uh, anyone who you know for a real michael jackson fan they're not that expensive they're, uh, they're done beautifully printed beautifully framed uh, they look great and i'm, I'm very proud of them yeah, and as so, you should be, uh, and we'll we'll have them linked in our in our show notes, ready for people to go to the website and and look at those and and purchase them. Very exciting. Um, so thank you very much for for offering them uh, to fans to to have in their collections. And thank you for yeah, thank you absolutely. for including the art booklet with the DVD. I think that's um, a really unique way to to have that little package together. It's not just, you know, it's more than an interview such as we're doing now. It's more than just an interview DVD with uh, some cool footage. It's, um, it's got a piece of you in, in the art booklet as well. And I think it's a great product. Well, you have to, you have to realize that, you know, look, first and foremost, I'm a painter Mm. and, and the way, the way I, I would love to, uh, have Michael had, you know, to, to have seen any of these paintings, which of course he never, he never got a chance to see them. He never even got a chance to see my painting of the Thriller album, because I did that after, uh, after he had died as well. So, um, but uh, 
you know, maybe he is, uh, he's looking. Who knows? Where are you, Michael? Check it out, man. You know, uh, uh, by the way, one of them, which is uh, kind of interesting, is I've decided that every five years I'm going to do a new painting of the Thriller cover. Wow. And yeah. And uh, one of them is my first fifth year painting of the Thriller cover. And because I felt that the actual cover that it, that wound up to be Thriller did not really portray the uh, energy and, and the uh, the graveyard uh, ghoul stuff that went on uh, for the videos after, right? And uh, and I so when I created this new painting, uh, I wanted to put elements in it that. Uh, had a little more to do with the word thriller because uh, I liked the photograph uh, that, that was used on the cover, but it, it certainly was, it was a pretty picture, but it didn't uh, have anything to do with uh, graveyards or anything like that, you know? So the one I, the one that's in the uh, catalog is the new one that I just finished a few months back. And uh, I made it a little more to represent the word thriller, where I have uh, a big tarantula spider on his shoulder. And uh, uh, I have a couple of uh, eyes in the background that you don't really know what they are, kind of a little kind of scary creatures. And, and I painted Michael a little bit more in a contemporary style. Well, you'll see it when you, when you, when you see it. So... Uh, my wife is asking me for the keys, and you know what? <laughs> I have the keys. <laughs> so, okay, <laughs> she'll she'll find her way in. Where we actually got home uh, in this uh, time, you did well. And I am now uh, moving out on my balcony, overlooking the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, oh wow! wow. Uh, <laughs> Beautiful. And again, lighting lighting a cigar. We have traveled uh, a few miles on this interview. We sure have. <laughs> Thank you again. <laughs> Duke, just as we as we uh, let you go, there is there is one question we always ask of our of our special guests, and we compile the answers of these together in our end of year special. Um, I'd love to know your thoughts around how how do you think Michael Jackson should be remembered? Wow, you know I don't know if any of you saw an interview I had done with the, the Dr. Drew show. I'm not sure. I saw an interview you did once where the 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 um interviewer it was like on television they wouldn't let, they wanted to cut the interview short and you, you just wanted to keep going and it was yeah, great. That's, that's, the, that's, that's the one, the one uh, where yeah. I mentioned certain aspects of who Michael was, you know? And 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 who Michael was is what people really need to focus on as he was so misunderstood and as the media was trying to destroy him and evidently eventually did, what I said in that interview is what I would, you know, always say about him. He was a misunderstood performer who was probably the most talented performer 
that I can imagine ever. He was so unique as a, not only as a performer, but as an individual, he was so, I called him uh, a butterfly. You know, he was like no other person I ever met, by the way, uh, very sensitive, caring about the planet, the future generation, this whole thing and this whole exaggeration and mix up uh, about him and children is so untrue because he was a child and he never really stopped being a child and he understood children and uh, he was concerned with uh, where this planet was heading. I was uh, privileged, I must tell you, to to have met him and worked with him and spent time with him. He was one of the people that left this planet way too soon. I did a painting not too long ago of called the 27 Club. And I don't know if you uh, know the iconic uh, performers that died at 27 years old, like Jim Morrison, Janis Joplin, Kurt Cobain, Jimi Hendrix, Brian Jones, Amy Winehouse. Uh, I did a painting of those six people. They all died at 27. And I mentioned that in my interview about Michael. And, uh, and I wondered, like, who was going to be next? And, uh, you know, and next meaning from drugs, from, yeah. drugs, and from drugs and suppression uh, on this planet. Uh, from psychiatrists who just want to give drugs and, and ruin lives and, uh, and uh, the life of Michael Jackson, of course, can never be replaced. He'll, he'll never be anybody uh, like, uh, like this individual, you know. So uh, anyway, that's it. That's my, that's my feeling about him. Uh, Thank you so much for sharing that and for sharing your experiences that you have today. I think uh, we haven't had a lot of artists on the show, so it's always a very different aspect of that creative process that we're keen to share, and you've certainly done it masterfully today. Well, well, you had two artists on the show tonight. That was me and Michael. Yeah, I think we did. There's no, there's no thinking about it. You did. And, uh, you know, uh, artists are not just painters or photographers or, you know, artists are anybody who creates and advances technology on planet Earth and stimulates the environment. Anyway, uh, and of course, Michael was on the top of all of those. And uh, anyway... So you had two on tonight, and I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed it, guys. Oh, we are thrilled to Thank hear you, that because we have as well, and we can't wait That's to great. share it. <laughs> okay, very good. And again, down the line, uh, you know, I uh, if we can arrange, uh, we'll do it again, and uh, I'll go on with the other the other stories. All right, Swazanik, thank you for your time. You enjoy your evening with your wife. And uh, just just thank you from the bottom of our hearts for all the time you've given us. My pleasure, guys. Take care of yourselves. Thank you, Schwarzenegger. All the thank best. You. The elemental man okay. himself. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Ozzy. I'm gonna do it tonight. I'm gonna do it tonight. Ooh, baby. I'm gonna do it tonight. Ooh, mama. I'm gonna do it tonight. I'm gonna do it tonight. Ooh, baby. I'm gonna do it tonight. Oh, darling. I'm gonna do it tonight. Ooh, I'm gonna do it tonight. Hi, this is Michael Jackson. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed our chat with artist and photographer, creator of the Thriller album artwork, Dick Zimmerman. Jamin, how was that? That was great. I really enjoyed that conversation. He's, he's a real rock star. He's, he's 
I loved it. I'd love hearing about his, like some of the artistic stuff. And I have to say, go to the website. He's got some great blog entries there, especially the one about um, the meeting of Dali and his wife. It's a bizarre concept. Like, let me just say, you know, he was there for multiple days at Dali's household and the photography session hadn't even happened until Dick had packed his bags and was about to leave. And then it happened in an instant. Very, very It's an incredible story. Yeah, amazing stuff. So I loved hearing about that sort of art side of it and then some terrific stories from that that just put us right there in the fo- photo studio for the thriller shoots. Yeah, it, that was great to hear about that. And, I mean, obviously we had some questions in there, um, Q, didn't we, around... Wow. Okay. (laughs) The Lisa Marie Presley wedding shoot. And I think he also shot Michael during the um, promotion for the, what album was it? It was the. So he did the photo shoot for the ET storybook LP as well. And uh, we had questions, but we just ran out of time. And uh, he did say he's he's open to coming back for another episode in the future to share some of those stories. I think maybe some of them will be in the DVD. Yeah. So another reason to get that, that's for sure. We don't give away everything, folks, when we talk to people and ask them about their projects. We're just scraping the top of the iceberg. There's always more. That's exactly right. So make sure you head out and check out Dick's um, DVD and and uh, photo book there with that and enjoy it. Uh, you can grab that from his website. I've From memory, the website is fanclubgallery.com slash DVD. Um, if you want to check that out. So that's right. Head to uh, fanclubartgallery.com if you would like to look at the Giclee prints, add slash store to the end of that. Uh, you can go to fanclubgallery.com slash thrill. And if you want to just get that DVD and it is a great package and a decent price, I really have to say I'm really happy with the price of it. Fanclubartgallery.com slash dvd of course dick has his own websites uh dickzimmerman.com but then we've got websites and places you can access us as well you can find us over on twitter facebook instagram and youtube simply search for the mj cast our email you can reach us at the mjcast at icloud.com our full website where all of our blog posts and uh, show notes are and episodes, themjcast.com, nice and easy for you. And we are a podcast, so you should really be listening to us as a podcast via a podcast app on your device, on the go, anywhere you need to be and hear us. We're there free. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn. You can then search Google Play Store for a podcast app and then search for The MJ Cast and you will find us. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Q, for sharing that. Um, Well, it's been a fun episode today interviewing photographer Dick Zimmerman, but uh, time to hit the road, I think. I'm going to head out of here and uh, get some lunch with the family. And good luck editing this together. Yeah, this is, we've <laughs> captured this in like four different Skype calls. Oh, so my goodness. Fun. We have, like you said, we've been on the journey today across Florida. <laughs> yeah, we sure have. All right, Q, well, you have a wonderful afternoon. I will, Jamin. Thank you so much and welcome to the MJ Cast, everyone. If you're new, we hope you enjoyed the show and we'll be back in a few weeks. Michael on. Keep Michaeling.
Q, do you want to say a few words for the test? So far, so good. Seems to be going well. Awesome. And um, uh, Mr. Zimmerman, do you prefer to be called Dick or or Mr. Zimmerman or? Schwazenik. Schwazenik. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. No, some some people uh, call me Schwazenik, and some people call me Dick. So you guys take your choice. <laughs> what what does what does Schwazenik mean? It means nothing. It means Schwazenik. Jay Cast.